0: You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. And let's check it out. Listen, we're going to talk about idols again tonight. Um, I'm going to be on this subject for a little while because I'm going to talk about uh, the very sophisticated idols of America. You know, a lot of times in America, we're not like erecting a statue to something, even though some people have, but most of the time, the idols in our current culture around the world and in this century are more sophisticated than that, but just as deadly, if not more so, because they're more subtle. And so we're gonna talk about those things, but first I wanna read to you from First Timothy Uh, chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, to all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth. You know, an idol is something that you rely on, that you look to as your source. My source of income is not the United States Treasury. My source of income is not my job as the pastor of this church. My source of income is from God and God alone. Because anything you look to as your source, that is your God. And if it's anyone other than the living God, then it is an idol. And it's in competition for your very heart. And so he warns, he said, do not take pride in it or rely on your wealth. We know a lot of people that when they succeed, operate in tremendous pride. And then they place great uh, value on their wealth. Matter of fact, in America, uh, one of the greatest idols is money. And uh, we, we evaluate success by how much money we make. And when you evaluate success by how much money you make, and that's the number one you evaluate success, then Money is your God, not God. God's not your God. And so he has a lot of warnings to people that are very prosperous. We're an extremely prosperous nation. I've said it before. I know people don't get this because we just live it and we've lived it, but there's never been a nation and still isn't on the planet as prosperous as us. People say, well, Sweden, Sweden has five million people or something like that. We got more people in Houston, Texas than Sweden does in their whole country. No joke. I mean, guys, they're little bitty nations, and they're still not as prosperous as we are and don't have the opportunities because they're a socialist nation that we have and that we give the world. I don't hear, there's not millions of people trying to flood into Sweden, but they're trying to come here for an opportunity, but we're, we're a wealthy nation. He said, don't take any pride in it and don't rely on it. Don't rely on wealth. He said, for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Amen. Nothing compared to the living God. You know, you might ask, well, what do we, how do we determine success? Treasure. Treasures in heaven. There's a difference between money and treasure. A treasure Treasure to God is people. How many people are you impacting? How many people are you blessing? How many people have you led to to Jesus that are going to heaven and not to hell? How many people are you sowing into? How many people do you love? How many people are you caring about? That's how we should measure success. Money will come if we put God first. But if you don't, then, then things happen that are not good. I was reading an article today that Johnny Depp, there's a big trial between him and his ex-wife, big big news article, but I, I read news. I don't watch much news, but I was reading it. And they said at one time, I think from 2005 to 2016, he made $650 million or something like that. Just in that short period of time. He's got about 100 left, and that's dwindling. They said he spent $2 million a day every day for years. Guys, when money's your God, it, it goes through your hands like, like sand goes through your hands. When you worship money, it, it ends up, you never have enough of it. It's never enough. It's never enough. And then you you start reading about his lifestyle. Why he was making all that money, he's hooked on multiple drugs, multiple drugs. He's miserable. He's addicted to multiple drugs, alcohol, everything you can think of he's doing. His life is miserable. His relationships are miserable. His mind, he's about lost his mind. And if he doesn't, if someone doesn't love him enough to tell him about Jesus, he will lose his soul. Guys, we can't look to money as our God. That's not our measure of success. Now, you notice it says it's unreliable, nothing can compare to the living God. An idol always wants to compete. An idol is in competition with God. And let me tell you who's who's behind these idols, demons. Demons driving this, and they want, they want to compete. They want to they draw your attention, your worship, your adoration, your trust away from the living God. And every one of them are demon driven. Every one of them are demon-driven. I'm gonna say this. There's not enough discussion uh, in most churches, not all churches, in most churches about angels and demons, about God and Satan. We have an enemy, and the Bible says we should know the strategies of our enemy. This, his strategy, one of his major strategies is to use the sophisticated idols of America to draw your attention and to compete for your worship. Worship isn't just, worship isn't singing, even though that can be an act of worship. Worship is who you rely on as your source. Worship is who you adore. Worship's who you love. Worship's who you bow down to. Worship's who you look to for value. Worship's who you obey. The Bible says, we'll talk about this Sunday, we should live a life of worship that everything we do should be an indication that we're worshiping the living God. But idols want to compete, man, and those demons driving them, they're always trying to draw our attention away from God. Then he says this, trust instead in the one who lavishes upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Trust upon God, not your money. Man, I've seen so many people come to church. They start honoring God with their tithe, and they become successful. The next thing I know, they miss church all the time. They're on vacation constantly. Man, they start living for the money, and I I know money has this lie. Money lies to you and says, I'll give you freedom. Can I tell you something? Only Jesus Christ and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus can set you free. Nothing else will set you free. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. Money doesn't, most of us think, man, if I had $50 million or $100 million, then I'd be free. Tell that to Johnny Depp. Tell that to Elvis Presley. Tell it to the rich and famous whose lives are miserable. families broken. I don't know one of them that their life is not perverse, perverted, and broken. Not one. That's why it amazes me that people listen to some of the commentary and some of the thoughts of people whose lives are in ruin. Who personal lives are in ruin, but somehow that their public opinion is not a reflection of their personal lives. It is. Their public opinion is a direct reflection of their personal life. When I talk to people and you know, they want to debate me if whether God exists or he doesn't. I, I remember... One man in business, when I was in business, I was in Kansas City at a regional office and I was talking to this guy, brilliant, a lot smarter than I am, higher IQ. I mean, just brilliant guy. And he, he wanted to engage me in this conversation about the existence of God in front of everybody. He started the conversation. I tried to say, nah, this isn't appropriate time. You know, this is, this is business. No, 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 no. He kept pressing the issue. I said, okay. And I said, okay, let's have this conversation. And we had that conversation. And in the end, I said, you know what? You, you can debate this and I can debate that, but let, let's just do this. Compare your personal life to my personal life. Let's just do that. I didn't say that out of pride, but I knew his personal life was a wreck. And when I said that, everybody in the room's like, oh. I said, then, not only is your life miserable on the planet and my life's not, but then, If I'm wrong, I just die and die. If I'm right, you die and go to hell. I go to heaven. In that, you could have heard a pin drop. I didn't want to engage in the conversation. He forced the conversation. You could have heard a pin drop. He never engaged me again. No one in there. Matter of fact, after that, uh, I had about 15 lunch invitations, and about 15, 20 of us went to lunch. They all wanted to buy my lunch, and they asked me a thousand questions about Jesus because they knew it was true. Because what it comes down to is that serving the living God <laughs> pays off in every way possible. Well, Pastor Troy, your life's been perfect, you don't get it, you never have any problems. Man, that's a, that's a bunch of crock, that's a crock. Man, it's, it's a bunch of garbage. Everybody has issues. Everybody faces health issues, and this issue, and that issue, and that, the same issues, relationship issues, financial issues. But the ones who serve the living God will come out on top. The ones who serve the living God, if they die, they go to heaven. And there's this competition between the living God and this culture and the money and all these idols. Man, guys, there's a million demons that will try to distract you with different things, but there's only one living God. Go with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse uh, 17. James chapter 1, now let's start reading verse 12. It says, If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. You know, God, man, when difficulties happen, your loyalty to God is tested. Isn't it? Don't we want to say, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? God, have you forgotten me? Do you even exist? In the week before, we're lifting our hands and worshiping saying, God, thank you for this, and thank you for the promotion, and thank you for this happening, and thank you for this good thing. Right? We get in difficulties. Listen, the greatest test of your loyalty to God will always be in difficult situations. You know, God's sifting our church right now. He's sifting. It's not Satan, it's God. He's sifting. He's pruning the church, right? now. He's pruning church on the move. He's pruning people that don't want to line up with the word because we have this false God of sexuality that says, again, 68 genders, 48 sexual types, whatever it is, and that somehow homosexuality should be accepted in the church. Listen, we accept anybody and everybody who walks through those doors because we all rely on the grace and mercy of God, right? Right? But you can't bring your sin in the doors and expect us to worship it or bow down to it. Any of us. A lot of churches have allowed those idols to enter the doors, and now they worship those idols. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But he says, um, if, you're, if, you ex- if you stay loyal... During those times, untold blessings will come to you. He said, "True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God." He's saying true happiness comes if you stay in faith your whole life and you get the you get that crown. You get that crown when you enter heaven. You know, a thought I had today was, I, you know, I had someone close to me say, "Man, I just." I I wish I just didn't even know about some of the stuff happening in the world and stuff happening in the body of Christ and stuff happening here and there. I just want some rest. Guys, I would love some too. But guess what? God said, God said this to me. He said it to you too if you love Jesus as Lord. He said, enter into my rest. We'll rest in heaven forever. Here, here, we're called to engage darkness Here, we're called to battle. Here, we're called to stand. Here, we're called to pray. Here, we're called to give. Here, we're called to work. Go to work. Here, we're called to go to work. It doesn't mean you can't get away and rest at times. But, man, this is, the Bible says we're born into a spiritual conflict between Satan and God. And God wants to win as many people as possible. And that should be the heart of every Christian. So when he's, then he goes on to say, um, when you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me for God is incapable of being tempted by evil and he is, the, it is never the source. Everybody say never. never. The source of temptation. Another translation says he is neither tempted by evil nor does he tempt with evil. So don't, don't ascribe to God what Satan has done. So many people, Try to say, well, God did this and God did that. No, God allowed those things to happen because people made choices. But he didn't do it. Nor will he ever tempt you with evil. Never, never, never will he tempt you with evil. Then it says, instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So, my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. I know so many people, guys, that have criticized me for some of the stands I've taken recently. Man, and man, it's their own desires. It's their own desire to not have to stand up. It's their own desire to not have to look at family members and say, listen, I love you way too much to let you die and go to hell. You will not make it into heaven if you continue along this path. They, they have or they have sexual desires, and they want to be in sexual sin too, and they want to do this, and they want to do that, and how dare God, how dare a man of God, how dare a church stand up and say, this is sin to me. We're not making anybody do anything, but we will not in this church ever not stand up with love and mercy and grace and say, sin is sin, sin is sin, right is right, wrong is wrong, that's it. And it's not according to our opinion, it's according to the B-I-B-L-E. Because if we love people, we're gonna know those things. In the way, the way Satan in the American culture is so sophisticated, your children are being bombarded by these thoughts of what relationships should look like, people should look like, what situations should look like, how they should think about this. Oh, it's just cool. Man, they're just doing their thing, just in love. We shouldn't criticize anybody that's in love. They're in love. And, guys, Satan has spread all these lies about what love is and what love isn't and what sin is and what sin isn't. If we don't discuss these things, if we're not consistently sowing into this next generation, man, this thing's not going to get better. But if we do, if we honor the Word of God and we consistently speak the Word to each other and to these other generations and to the lost, we will see God God will be victorious. And we'll win lives instead of lose them. That's our treasure. People are the treasure of the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, he said, so my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. Man, people are so deceived. Ah, well, I'm this way because God made me. No, guys, listen. You're that way because, uh, and you're doing those things because you want to. You want to. Don't be deceived and blame God for a desire that you have. Then he says this every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. Streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens and with no hidden shadow or darkness. Otherwise, he has no hidden agenda, it is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. I don't know if you realize, you're one of the favorite ones. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, you're one of the favorite ones. And he wants to bless you. And the blessings God gives are always good and perfect. Every good and perfect gift comes down from God. And he wants to bless us. He said, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I want to give you all of it. That's why we need to look to him as our source, and we don't have to bow down to these idols. You know, we talked about Daniel... You know, not bowing down to the idol of the culture of the Babylonians, even though he was a slave in that culture, he refused to bow down to that culture and eat their food and participate in their parties, and God honored him. We talked about how the the, the three children of Israel, all they had to do was bow down. All they had to do was bow. You know, it's Satan makes it so easy to compromise. Think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. Take any three in your family. Take any three, any three in your family. Think of you and two others. And you're standing there, and this king says to you, I'm going to throw your butt in that fiery furnace right there. And I've heated it up so hot, it's, I mean, it's blazing. Seven times hotter than it was. I'm going to throw the three of you in there. All you have to do, all you have to do is do this, and you won't die. All you have to do is bow down. That simple. Just hit a knee, hit a couple of knees and bow down to me. That's all you gotta do and none of you die. Not you, not your son, not your daughter, not your husband, not your wife, not your mama, not your daddy. You don't die, you don't die. Just all you gotta do is hit a couple of knees. How easy would that have been? And that's what this called. that's how Satan is with idols. All you gotta do is this little, this little compromise. This little comp just just give in. Just play the game. Just bow down. Just bow down to it. You know how many Christians have bowed down to the God of money? 95%. How do I know that? Because only three to five percent of all Christians tithe. Because it's their money. It's their money. It's not God's money. It's their money. Three to five percent of all Christians tithe. Three to five percent. The body of Christ is short, just the tithe alone, $139 billion a year. That's how much that equates, 139 billion a year, every year. That's how much people withhold from God every year in the churches in America. Number one topic people don't want to talk about in church? Money. Talk about my money. Yeah, you're the one he's warning Because you look to your money as your source, not to God as your source. It's unreliable. Watch. Watch how unreliable it's going to become. Watch how unreliable that will be. You came into this world with nothing, you're going to leave with nothing. All that you have and all that you work for is going to go to somebody else. That's how unreliable it is. What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What good would it be to be rich, to be Elon Musk and go to hell? I'd rather be Troy Smotherman and go to heaven. Amen. Simple compromise. Just, just hit two knees, fellas. You don't go in the fire. You're not gonna be burned alive. Just compromise a little. Just comp, just a little. Satan's Subtle. And those demons that control idols are subtle. Just just don't tithe. Don't give. Don't don't do this. Don't 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 do that. Don't do just a little, just give in at work. Just go ahead and go along to get along. Just subtle. It's subtle, these idols. that, that you know, it got awful quiet in here when I talked about that. Because it's real. It's real. It's we're in a real conflict. And then we know Daniel, all he had to do, all Daniel had to do is not worship his God. All Daniel had to do for 30 days, for one month, just don't, don't worship your God for one month. What did they ask us in America? Don't worship your God for two years. Don't open your doors. Don't worship. Don't come to church. Just compromise. Just compromise it. That's why I said I'll never close the doors again. I don't care what they ask for, what they say, how manipulative they are, what, how, how dangerous they say it is. Never will I close these doors again. And that's why we opened up. We're the, one of the first churches in all of New Mexico, one of the first churches in several states I know that opened our doors. Because I was tired of it. Bowing down. All Daniel had to do, just don't worship God for third. Just don't come to church for a month, Daniel, and you'll live. You won't be thrown into a lion's den. How easy is that? How simple is that? But people fall for these subtle uh, lies and distortions all the time. But thank God, Daniel and the three children of Israel said, I'm going to draw a line. I'm drawing a line. I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to bow down. You are not my source. King, you're not my source, so I'm not bowing to you. You're not my source, so I am bowing to God, and I'm not bowing to you. You're not my source. I'm not only not bowing to you, I'm not going to bow down to your culture. Even though I work there and live there and prosper there, pay my bills and work for you and make you prosperous, I'm still not bowing down to you the way you live and who you worship and who you look to as your source. Daniel and the three children of Israel said, my source is the living God and I don't care what you do to me. He's with me and as long as he's with me, everything's going to work out all right. And They refused to compromise. I think it's interesting, the first commandment, says this from Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 6. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. Very first commandment of God. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods. The first commandment. That commandment is first for a reason. It's first for a reason because all of the other nine are built on these. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol. Here we go. You shall not make for yourselves an eye on the form of anything in heaven, above, or on earth, beneath, or in the waters below. He's saying, listen, don't even, don't even try to make an image of me. You know why? You know why he doesn't want us to try to make an image of him? Because we can't. We, everything, if we tried to make an image of him, it'd be perverted. It'd be deluded. It'd be a deception. You know, God only took Two selfies. Two selfies, two selfies. These are the two, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Those are the two selfies God God made. Those are the only two selfies he ever took. He said, that's what I'm like. That's who I am. He said, don't you even attempt to do that. Not even, don't even try to make one of me. Don't make one of anything. Do you know that every time I've read about sexual sin, Every time I've read about sexual sin, whether it's Romans 1 or 1 Corinthians 6 or any other thing, it is always attached to idol worship. Why? Because once you start worshiping an idol and you look to something else other than your source, you, you start denying the truth and then you start doing something else. You start to devolve. Is our culture not devolving? Our cities devolving? our culture devolving? We're going, what does devolve mean? We're going lower, not higher. You know, our nation was built, we need to tell our children the truth. Our nation was built on the premise that unless we worship the one true living God, not Muhammad, not Buddha, the God they're talking about is the God of the Bible. Unless we worship the one and only true living God, this nation would not be successful. Our founding documents were no good if we didn't worship the one true living God. That's why God's and God we trust on our money. We don't trust money, we trust God. Amen. One nation. The one and only. It doesn't say God's, it says God. The premise of life, and the reason I'm talking about these idols, guys, is listen, you can destroy yourself, your family, and your nation, your whole, you can destroy your children, you can destroy your life by worshiping these idols and not worshiping the one true living God. He says it, listen. He said in verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their fathers to the third, fourth, third and fourth generation of those who hate me. You know, most of the time parents teach children to hate God and then they teach their children to hate God. And then he says this, But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The number one commandment, Jesus said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. No other gods before him. Him and him alone is the source of your worship. That means he's the source of your self-esteem. He's the source of your thoughts. He's the source of your finances. You look to him as your source of joy, your source of happiness, your source of provision. You look to him. And to look, if you're looking at another human being, I I see so many people in warped relationships. Like, man, and they'll forsake God. This is how you know you're idol worshiping. You forsake God to be with this person. Forsake God to be with this drug, forsake God to do this thing, forsake God to have this sexuality, forsake God to to be able to give yourself permission to act this way and do these things. Man, guys, God said if you do that, you're not only bringing a curse on you, you're bringing a curse on your children and your children's children. To the third and fourth generation, you'll bring a curse. But he said, if you'll love me and you'll honor me as the one true living God for a thousand generations, I'll pour out my love and blessings on your children and your children, children. You notice the curse only went to three and four generations. And we know if any one of those generations was to repent, God would end that curse immediately because Jesus died to become a curse for us. Idol worship is the first thing God dealt with, the very first thing. The competing gods of these demons just want to drag you down. They want to drag you down. They want there to be a competition. And this is how subtle, this is how sophisticated the competition is in America, entertainment's competition. You know how many Christians that don't tithe or give, and I'm, that's that's not my whole message. But they don't give, they don't tithe, they don't even pay their bills, but they'll go on vacation. They'll go to the movies. They'll have every channel. They'll have you know four hundred channels on their whatever their internet, whatever. I don't even know how you get it, but somehow you get that. It works. And you'll pay two, three hundred dollars for entertainment and and then and then have to go ask somebody else for food. That they worship entertainment. Some people worship technology, others worship money, others worship sports. They worship sports. They'll go spend a thousand dollars to go watch a Dallas Cowboy game, watch them lose. They'll go, they'll pay a thousand bucks to get their hearts broke (laughs) and go broke but only 5% of, three to five. Three to 5% of Christians tied but they'll pay a thousand dollars to go to a sporting event. Shame, 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 shame. I thank God for the people of this church that believe in the Bible. I thank God for the people of this church that believe the Bible is true. And that God is your source of every good thing. It's proven out in how you live your life. It's proven out. I want to turn to 2 Chronicles. I'm going to show you some things. Uh, First, we're going to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. We're going to read 1 through 6, and 8 through 11. This is Hezekiah. Hezekiah is one of the kings of of Israel, and he has a son. Later, we're gonna talk about Manasseh. But this is who Hezekiah was. Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and 20 years, 25 years old, and he reigned nine and 20 years, 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. Next. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. Now, he's, he's saying, listen, I'm not going to do what's wrong in the eyes of God. I'm going to do what's right in the eyes of God. Now, this is a a political leader. I'm going to show you the power of of leadership in a nation. And so here we go. Next verse, verse 3. He in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He went to the church and said, man, we can't have this building looking like this. He went the first month, the first part of his reign. He said, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to the house of the Lord and we're going to make sure it's repaired and done right. This is God's priorities. Next verse. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street. And said unto them, hear me, you Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers. And carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Because they had brought in idols to the, to the holy place and to the church. And he said, get them out. Clean this place out first. And see, God, uh, every once in a while in the history of our church, he has pruned church on the move. And any church that serves the living God will be pruned and sifted. And people who really don't believe in the word, they'll leave. Some praise God will come back. I pray that they'll open their eyes and see the word of God is true. And all their opinions and the lies of this culture are demonically inspired. But he prunes. He said, next verse, 6. For our fathers have trespassed and done which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. A generation before him, he, said, he calls David his father, but he's not. He's in the line of David, but David didn't raise him. But he's saying, my fathers before me did all this evil, and I'm going to put a stop to it. All it takes is one generation. All it takes is one, one, one generation. All it takes is one generation to say, hey, we're going to go back and we're going to honor the house of God. We're going to honor God first. We're going to reestablish his reign. He's our source, he's our God, and God will heal a whole nation if people will return. Amen. And that's what's happening here. Verse, verse 8. Wherefore, the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he hath delivered them to trouble, to astonishment, and to hissing as you see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Guys, that's what happens when we start worshiping idols in a nation, when they stop worshiping the living God and worship idols. Who, who's affected? Fathers fallen by the sword, our sons and our, our wives. Men. Do you know that 75% of all the giving in North America is from women? Not men. Women. Praise God for our women. We wouldn't even have probably the body of Christ existing. And I thank God for the men in this room that you've stood up. You're unique. You're unique because most men have not. They worship everything else but God, not in this house. I said not in this house. We're not gonna suffer our children to suffer the consequences of idol worship. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel for that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. God will turn his wrath if someone will stand up in a house and said, we're getting rid of that thing and that thing's gone and this idol's gone and this thing's gone and that thing's gone and those, those wind catchers are gone and all this all this stuff that people want to worship, it's gone. We only worship God. We have no images of God here. The only image of of God that we worship is the God of the Bible. What he says he is. And we're going to clean house. And I'm not talking about burning books and crap like that. I'm just saying, hey, we're going to remove some stuff that's captured our attention and that we look to as a source. Listen, God wants to clean house. God's God's about to do something. I said from the beginning, he's shaking. Wasn't the prophecy I had in January? He's shaking. He's shaking. He's shaking the house of God. He's shaking our nation. He's shaking the nations. And whatever's in there is going to come out. If you serve the Lord your God, you're going to come out smelling like a rose, standing on your feet, standing on the mountaintop. If you're not, you're going to be in the valley. And you're not going to be alone because you're going to take your family with you. Don't do it. Don't do it. God said, if you'll repent, man, he'll he'll come right back. He came right back and honored Hezekiah and blessed him. Now, let's go to uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 33, to his son that takes over. His name is Manasseh. This is Manasseh. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord like unto the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. What did he do? He turned, he turned to the other nations and said, man, they're partying. They're having sex. They're doing whatever they wanna do. How they wanna do it, I'm gonna go be like them. This is a kid raised in a Christian home. But he has choices. He had a choice. He wanted the world. He wanted the culture of this world. I want to be like this. I mean, I'm gonna be. I want to be cool. I want to be. I don't want anybody co- saying, you know, you're homophobic. I don't want anybody saying you're a loser. They've called me every name in the book, guys. I don't care. I really. I care about them. I don't care what they say. They can call me everything. They can tell you at work, I'm this, I'm that. They can say it in the paper. They can say it anywhere they want to. How many times they want to. I don't care. I don't care. What I care about is honoring God. And we're going to honor God in this house. We're going to honor God at church on the move. (laughs) Whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Next verse. For he built again the high places, which Ezekiel, his father, had broken down, and he reared up altars to Balaam and made groves and worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. The groves were Asherah's sexual idol worship. Worshiping sex. In every form of sex. Homosexuality, everything. Everything you could think of. Balaam is Baal worship. Let's find out what comes with Baal worship. Next. Also, we built altars in the house of the Lord. Mm. Let me tell you what's happened. Trinity Lutheran Church in South Carolina is hosting a drag yourself to church event, drag queen event. Guys, this is happening all over the country. This is what's happened. These idols have taken over people's lives, and they want to bring them to the church. People have said in this community, if I was a member of that church, I'd demand they fire him. He needs to step down. He needs to do. You can run your mouth all you want to. That is not happening. It's not happening. I will not back up or back down from any of them and whatever they say. And I'm going to warn them. Here's a warning to all of you if you're watching. Every word you say against me and against this house will come against you. It will not land here. It will land on you. That's a warning. You, listen, everybody thinks they're just messing with little old us and little O me. They just thought it was little old Moses. And we know Moses. He was, he's our little brother. Yeah, they messed with them. Listen, God doesn't view us that way. We're his sons and his daughters, his children. Be careful. Be careful, be careful. And when the world attacks with demonic influence, it's just going to land on them. My heart goes out to them. Matter of fact, guys, I pray, I pray God's mercy and grace on them the way I prayed on me. Because I, and I don't care what they think, guys, I really don't. And those that are leaving, pointing fingers and doing whatever they do, it's okay. I, my heart goes to, out towards them because I don't want to get, I don't want them to get the results of what they're saying and what they're doing. That's how we should react. We're not haters, right? And we're definitely not afraid. Here's the danger. These pastors have invited these, this idol worship into their, into their churches. They don't teach on tithing anymore. They don't teach on tithing or giving. They don't teach on sin they, don't, they, def, they, they have invited uh, every form of sexuality into their church. They're flying rainbow flags and they're doing, they've invited this idol worship into the church. It's not, guys, nothing's new. Satan doesn't do anything new. He did it before and he's doing it right now. We can't let those idols in our church. We let anybody come. We, we, we love them. We want God to save them. We've all came, we all came to church messed up. Man, we want them to come like that. But what we don't want is we're not going to let them bring their idol worship and their sin into our house, and then we bow down to it and say it's okay. No, that's what he's doing. He's bringing those idols into the house of the Lord. Unfortunately, many churches, whole denominations have brought in these idols into the house of the Lord. Next verse. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. What does that mean? He, He sacrificed his children to Balaam. Anytime there's Baal worship, Listen, abortion is is an attack on God. Let me say, abortion is an attack on God because he said he knits babies in their mother's womb. He's the one that creates babies and knits them and forms us in our mom's wombs. He's the one. It's an attack on God. You have to understand, Satan's always trying to get back at God. It's an abortion. It's an attack on God Himself. That's where it leads to. You see, he started to give in to the culture, and then next thing you know, he's bringing those idols into the house of God, and then next thing you know, he's killing his own children. Devolve. You go to the lowest level, the lowest level. Our culture is starting to reach for the bottom. We need to be the lifters. I said we need to be the lifters. Our God lifts us up. We lift Him up. He lifts us up. We lift others up. We need to be the lifters. We don't need to go low. We need to go high. We need to go higher. We need to go not high in our eyes, high in God's eyes. We need to do more. We need to give more. We need to love more. We need to care more. We need to sow more. We need to pray more. I mean, they, they're going to devolve. We're going we're to reach up and say, God, we worship you, the one and true living God. And we, we believe that if we serve you and seek you, that you can turn this thing around one generation, one generation, one generation. We can turn this whole thing around. But it comes down to leadership. It comes down to leadership. I said it comes down to leadership. Leadership. Leadership in our homes, leadership at work, in the business community, leadership in our government, leadership in the church. It comes down to leadership. And when the leaders will honor God and teach their children and people to honor God, then God will move. Just like he did for Hezekiah, he removed that curse and he blessed Hezekiah and the whole nation. He'll move for you, he'll move for us, and he'll, he'll, he'll continue to push that curse back because Jesus became a curse for us and we'll walk in his goodness and walk in his blessings because God's our source and nothing else. He's the one and true only God, the one, only one we worship. And we lay down all our idols. Listen, I wanna ask you to close your eyes for a minute. Oh man, I've, I, I've got some more stuff to show you about Manasseh. He starts off bad, but he ends pretty good. And so listen that's how our lives are we start off a lot of time, a lot of us start off really bad i started off really bad but it's ending really good so many in this room started off bad but it's ending good you're not the person you were before and maybe you're sitting here or maybe you're online and you're watching and you're thinking, well, how do I lay down these idols? I, I've been idle. I can see now I look to this person as my source of self-esteem. I look to this thing. I look to my job. What I do. My career is my source of who I am and how I feel about myself. And the source of all my provision is, is, is something else other than the living God. But I know it. It's just empty. Guys, it's empty. It's never enough. Only God satisfies. None of this other stuff will satisfy you. None of it. I remember Deion Sanders, he was playing with the Cowboys. and He had all the money and fame in the world, all the women in the world. He did anything and everything he wanted to do. He tried to drive his car off a cliff and take his life. That wasn't the only time. Then he went to a hotel room with a gun. Why? Because none of it, not, the sex didn't satisfy All the alcohol and partying didn't satisfy. The money didn't satisfy. The the Ferrari didn't satisfy. The big house didn't satisfy. The fame didn't satisfy. Only God can satisfy. He's the only one. All these others are false gods. They're false idols. They're dead. And that's why they produce death in the end. That's why they can never fill you up. Listen, if you're in here today, you've been looking at everything else, maybe how tough you are, maybe how much money you make, maybe this, maybe that. Listen, it won't satisfy you. And maybe today while you're sitting in here or you're watching online, you're thinking, okay, I want the living God. And guess what? He died for you Because he loves you and he loved us first. He loved us first when we didn't love him. That's how much he wants to have a relationship with you and me. He said, I love you first when we are his enemies. He loved us. He wants to save your life. And be the source of all good in your life. He wants to be the source of strength, courage, and joy, and peace. Peace. So if you're watching online or you're here, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Online, I'm going to ask you just to send us a message and say, man, you know, I'm watching online. And, man, I'm going, to get, I'm going to get right with God for the first time or the next time. Just go ahead and send us that message. In this room, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand and say, it's me. I'm going to lay down all my idols. Nothing, it, they don't satisfy me. I'm not satisfied. I don't have peace. I don't have joy. I, I want what only God can give me. I want His forgiveness of my sins. I want eternal life in heaven. I want a life worth living on this planet that satisfies me. So online, go ahead and send that. In this room, we're I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on three, and then we're just right where you're seated at. We're going to pray. Here we go. One, two, three. Just raise your hand and say, I'm going to get right with God today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to lay down my idols. Thank you, thank you, all of you, thank you. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Say this, and online, pray with us too. Say, God, I believe you are the one and only living God. And I believe you love me. And you sent Jesus to die for my sins. You raised him from the dead because you love me. You did all of that to show me I love you. Thank you for loving me like that. I believe it. And because I do, I ask you, God, In the name of Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. And tonight, I lay down all my idols. In the name of Jesus, I cast down everything that has exalted itself above you in my life. In the name of Jesus... Go now. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of my life. Fill me full of the Holy Spirit and teach me how to live the life you came to give me. Right here on earth, you said I should have life in abundant life that comes from you. I receive it. Teach me how to live it until I see you in heaven. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate the goodness of God. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.